Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download here in the Bojangle Studio. We've got a great show for you here this Tuesday. We're going to have a call-in from race winner Daniel Suarez. We're going to talk about Atlanta, everything that happened there, Truck Series, Xfinity Cup, and everything else going on this week. Stay tuned. Let's get to it. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. They're close, convenient, and have the parts you need fast, along with excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Hey everyone, Dirty Mo Media President Mike Davis here, excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels at, uh, during a race weekend. They're, the prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums. Whereas Airbnb, you got many choices all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts. And you should be too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Check one, check one, two, three, four. Turn up the volume. Cue the race card. Guitar solo. The Dale Jr. download starts in five, four, three, two. All right, everybody, let's get right to it. I want to talk about the cup race. First, we're going to mix it up a little bit. This is Andrew's idea, in case you don't like it. Uh, (laughs) Andrew and Dalton are here. Uh, I'm going to stand behind this idea. Yeah, you stand behind it. You better. Uh... (laughs) The reason why we're doing this is actually a good one because uh, our race winner, Daniel Suarez, is going to call in. and So let's be talking about that cup race he won. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit. I said that this would be the hottest ticket or is the hottest ticket. I, you know, I think that showed up uh, this weekend um, in the cup race. Just I was I got to be in the booth last year and had I, I had no idea what I was going to see. Or I had no idea how entertained I was going to be. And I think because of how great that race was that I saw in the booth, I felt like that was my best work as a broadcaster. And just an incredible night. Walked out of there feeling like I was on top of the world and had just been, you know, entertained to the fullest. Um, You know, I love... uh, I love short track racing and feel like some of our best, uh, you know, some of our best, uh, you know, our best product over uh, the last decade or decade and a half has been at Martinsville and places like that where we have the fireworks uh, and so forth. I've always said if we could bottle up some of the things that happen at some of the short track races, that's our, that, you know, if we could have that every week, we need more short tracks, more short tracks. But, um, 
for the first time in a very, very long time, a track outside of that sort of short track world has uh, entertained me in the biggest way. And I said, you know, this, this is the hottest ticket, and I really believe that. Uh, and it proved out this past uh, Sunday with a great race. Uh, the you know the drivers complained about the reconfiguration and and narrowing up the track. Hell, we had guys four wide for a few laps. Uh, nobody loves a repave. You're never gonna love a repave. I don't care what track it is. Every track's gonna have to be repaved at some point, no matter what track it is. Um, we've got through the first year or two uh, to be able to allow this surface to age. It's starting to change color, starting to lose grip. They're starting to have to lift, getting into turn three. Handling is just as important as your car's ability to draft. It was a really great combination that I believe will continue to get even better. If you're going to go to a race, I'm going to change the ticket I'm going to tell you to buy. I used to tell people to go to Bristol Night or Daytona 500. One of those two were going to lock you in as a race fan if you had never seen it in person. Now I'm going to tell you to go to Atlanta. Dang. Um, Big accusation there. Yeah. You know, Atlanta needs to make some changes and improvements to the facility. They will. You know, when you're not selling a lot of tickets, you can't invest in the concourse and, 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 and things like that like you wish you could. But I know Marcus. And as the fans start to uh, show more interest in coming to his races, he'll provide the amenities that you would expect. Um, and I hope that, you know, he he, uh, he kind of goes the route that he went with Vegas where they do a lot of third-party vendors. They come in, mm. he allows these food trucks and all these people to come in and just have these big spreads, all types of different very, you know foods to eat. It's really, really cool. Could be something we see at Atlanta coming forward. But I know that they'll have to ramp it up a little bit to give all these fans that I believe will be buying tickets to these races a great experience. Um, you know, another thing that I think we got to remember, uh, is Atlanta, as we know it now, was developed through, uh, iRacing. We forget about that, right? Marcus was like, hey, Atlanta's dying. He was. Lost the date. Nobody was coming. Empty grandstands. Drivers liked it, but the fans said the racing was boring. Marcus had two options. Dig it up and rebuild it or close it entirely. Uh, he invested millions of dollars in the reconfiguration. And uh, 20 years ago, it would have been a massive gamble, not knowing really whether it's going to work or not. You're going to spend millions of dollars moving a lot of dirt, putting down a lot of payment, hoping for the best. But with iRacing, he was able to go up, you know, go to Boston and say, hey, man, can y'all put this in a virtual world? Can we try it out? Can we put these, you know, race cars out there on iRacing and allow these drivers, uh, your sim racers, some of the best sim racers in the world, to pick this apart? Tell us what they hate about it, what it what's, what's not good, what we need to fix, what they do like. And say that saved millions of dollars. It took all the guesswork and the gamble out that a reconfiguration can 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 have. So I think Auto Club, uh, Fontana's future success will depend on how much they have and will lean on iRacing. Chicago, the street course, was vetted mm. and improved through months of simulation on iRacing before becoming reality. 
Um, anything that ever may happen to Texas, if it ever does, will be done through iRacing. I was going to ask about Texas. Yeah, Marcus now will go to iRacing anytime that he wants to consider doing something to his racetracks. And say, hey, let's hammer, let's run this through the system, man. Let's beat this up. Let's poke a bunch of holes in this and figure out why we should or shouldn't do it. Um, and so that's that's something that's pretty cool. Um, just a uh, you know just a fantastic race. A lot of crashing. A lot of people complain about the wrecks and the cars. You know, a lot of a lot of things getting torn up. Rick Hendricks said though, if the fans love it, we need to keep doing it. Hmm. Uh, drivers were getting out of the cars saying, "I had fun. I had fun. I had fun." And uh, even. Um, uh larson that doesn't really love that style of racing said i had a great time good stuff you love to hear it you know the drivers they're they're going to be honest they can't tell a lie and so um you know they were worried about the reconfiguration now we're gotten to a point to where um they're warming up to it they don't want to do it every week i wouldn't either nobody wants this every week nobody's asking for it every week it's an it's an anomaly uh, it's unique. It needs to stay that way. It need, you know, this this needs to be something that we only see in Atlanta, and it won't always be this way. I mean, quickly this racetrack is going to lose grit. the The style of racing we see there will change every time they go back there. This race that we saw this weekend, this three wide finish, that's probably only going to sustain for a couple more years before the track will lose so much grip. Handling will be even more and more important. You'll start to see a little, little, you know, discrepancy between the drivers and the teams that do have their cars ready for that long run. And uh, getting cars three wide uh, coming to the finish line will be more and more difficult as, you know, handling and the grip goes away. Daniel Suarez, actually, if you remember that 550 package that yep. NASCAR was trying at the mile and a half years ago, he said this was like the best hybrid version of what NASCAR was trying to achieve and the actual result they got on the track. And he said they had less grip than that 550 package. So that's, you know, they, they were definitely struggling for grip out there. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I I like what I saw. Only thing that I really, if, I, if there's one thing that I would say, gosh, I wish this could be better. It's it's how bad the cars lose the front grip when they get behind each other. Like, they cannot get close to each other. Mm. I, I, that, I, I know fans don't even probably pick up on that. I know that NASCAR and everybody that saw this as this massive success, myself included, um, nobody, why do we want to care about that? Right. It was great. So let's go on, like, explain that, I guess, in more detail. Like, what's yeah, I will. what's going on there? Yeah, I will. Okay. So, basically, if you watch the race, you know, Joe Logano uh, goes up the racetrack, and, and, and that's a tight exit. Turn two's kind of always been that way. But when he gets in the wake of the cars in front of him, he has to jump out of the gas. He gets rear, you know, ran into from, from the 17, and it, it's this big crash. And... You'll see a lot of guys have these massive runs down the front straightaway, and they want to they wanna dive, jump to the outside, and jump to the top of the racetrack. Uh, but if they do make that commitment and the car in front of them also goes up there, they're going to lose the nose and smack the wall. I mean, it's not, there's not an area for them to, there's not a moment for them to, to recover. The car 
just has a big wake. And so when you get behind another car and you're pushing them down the front straightaway, to be able to turn into the corner and have any kind of uh, reasonable corner uh, without losing a lot of grip and losing the nose and having to lift, you have to back off and let the car in front of you get a little bit further away so that when you drive into the corner, you got a little air on the nose. You can't follow them into the corner on their bumper. Man, when I was racing cars in 2000, 2004, I could drive into the corner right on somebody's ass, pushing them, push them into the corner, push them through the corner. Not a chance of doing it with this car. Do you think that plays at all into the racing product, though? That it is a little bit more of a degree of difficulty that you can't follow yes. someone that close? So it is. It is a challenge. When, you know, when, when you're pushing somebody down the front straightaway, you want to stay locked on their bumper or you want to drive into the corner and push them up the racetrack and drive under them, drive by them. You can't. You got to lift and allow the air to get back on the nose of your car or back under your car so that you can therefore go through the next corner. Um, and so it's this, you're all, Truex talked about it. He's like, man, one corner you're plowing, one corner you're sideways. You got to know where your car is uh, you know, compared to where everyone else is and how that's going to make your car handle. Yes, I love that challenge. I like the drivers sort of having to figure out the Rubik's Cube every lap, right? <laughs> it is, it's, it's tough mentally. So tough. Yeah. And, but I do th- wish they could tone down a little bit about why, you know, how this car does lose a ton of grip when following another one very, very close. Because, the idea, the act of one guy getting to another's bumper is something that I never want to impede right. in this sport, ever, mm-hmm. Yeah. right? And it does. It, it make, it's difficult for them to corner closely. Yeah. They cannot drive through any corners right on each other's ass. They can't. This car can't do it. And so I don't like that. Yeah. All right. I, I shouldn't even be complaining. This was a freaking <laughs> insane race. Um, thrilling finish, race of the year, uh, and I'm, we're not overstating this. But um, anyways. Hey, and speaking of yeah. thrilling race of the year, we've got the race we got winner. we got the race winner. In right. here, Daniel Suarez. All right, everybody, we got Daniel Suarez, this, ra- uh, this week's race winner on... The Dale Jr. Download, Daniel, um, incredible drive. I said on social media, man, the mental gymnastics and and decision-making and processing, mental processing that goes on, not only in that last moment or that last few laps, but the entire race. Um, have you ever been more challenged mentally as a driver? It's a chess match every corner. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, man. Uh, I really appreciate you. But uh, let me tell you, that race was, I don't know why, but it was different. You know, it, it's not the first time that we have raced in Atlanta with this package. Uh, it's been already, you know, uh, uh, a handful of races there. But this race, for some reason, the intensity, it was so different. Uh, <laughs> as you know, you know, some of the rules changed a little bit with the geo of these cars in this package. And... I think it created this kind of racing that it just gave us more confidence to push around a little bit more. And I'm not saying that we're we're very, you know, uh, uh, 
confident with the handling of a race car because a lot of people was struggling, including myself at one point. But uh, the intensity of the race in, a, in in every single stage was pretty high. Like I'm honestly very surprised we didn't wreck more often because <laughs> it was very very intense racing from from start to finish. Yeah, I was listening to some of the drivers and watching the race myself. You could tell that um, you had to be really careful how you what the the situations you put yourself in aerodynamically. Uh, you didn't know what the cars in front of you were going to do as far as what line they would choose. You didn't know how that might affect your car, um, and so and also cars being around you on your door, right behind you. Um, how how difficult is that? Because you know, we watched the runs, we watched the passes, the side-by-side side and the crashes and all that, and it looked amazing, but you really did have to be careful uh, about how you trailed the car in front of you most uh, most particularly uh, so that you didn't lose the nose or, or slide up into the car in the outside groove. How challenging was that? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge. Um, these cars, they just react in, in, in ways similar to the cars that uh, that already you you, you race uh, with us in the Cup Series, but in some other instance, they, they also react very different. Like, for example, the move that so many drivers were doing, including myself, you know, to go three wide top and get in somebody's right rear. Uh, well, that's, that's a very, 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 very good move, but also if you if you get to a spot where you're not far ahead uh enough the car the, the the car that is behind the car that is making the move gets extremely free extremely free and all that is error so just situations like that already looking looking for error a little bit the the, the racetrack is is fairly narrow like i i just can't believe at one point we're four wide <laughs> <laughs> when i uh, thought we were gonna wreck i actually start checking out a lot i mean i was just waiting for the wreck and uh and it didn't happen so you know, honestly, you know, uh, big, 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 uh, big credit to to every single driver just to 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 keep the cars going straight for that long because I know, you know, there were a lot of cars with contact, including myself. You know, I got I got a little bit of contact in 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 the incident in lap number two, but overall, I felt that for the kind of racing that we experienced. We didn't have a lot of accidents. <laughs> That's my perspective. But yeah, the cars were <laughs> easy to drive, and uh, and 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 I thought that for the kind of race intensity that we were having, I thought we were gonna be wrecking every twenty laps. Yeah. So the drivers, you know, there was a lot of concern, and 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 probably well deserved concern when they talked about reconfiguring Atlanta. Everybody loves that old surface that we used to have there, and but we've we're to two and a half years in or or two uh, beyond two years i heard a lot of drivers say they had fun um they had a lot a lot of fun they don't want to do that every week but they <laughs> certainly did have more fun i think than they anticipated is that something you think that was pretty widespread in the industry did every driver out there really uh have a good time honestly man i i, I really enjoy it i enjoy it because it's not a super speedway but it's not a mile and a half. It's it's a it's a truly hybrid, and the reason why I'm saying that is because you know it drives a little bit like a super speedway, but the distance and the and the and the and the space that you have is not like Daytona and it's not like Talladega. So everything happens so quick, and the runs that you get, oh my God! I mean, the runs are huge. They, they, they are sometimes they are way way too big, and uh, and and. 
And the reason of that is, I think, it's just because everything is 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 narrow. You know, I was explaining to a friend the other day. It's like comparing Dover and Bristol. You know, uh, and Dover being the super speedway and Bristol being the craziness. I think yeah. that's Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, and and in my opinion, you know, the old Atlanta was a lot of fun as a race car driver because it was a challenge. I mean, you you experienced that one. It was a challenge. It was difficult. You were sideways. You had to manage your tires. It was it was great. Uh, great feeling to drive the old Atlanta. But this one is so different and it creates such a good racing product that I enjoy it, honestly. I, I, I wouldn't mind to have a second Atlanta, honestly. Like, I mean, I know we have a second Atlanta, but another racetrack, yeah. this kind, because I felt that it's not super speedway, but it's not a mile and a half. So so this kind of hybrid, actually, I think that it produced amazing racing. I mean, all, all I have seen, I'm, maybe I'm a little biased already because I ended up winning the race, but all I have seen, uh, from friends and, and, and social media and stuff is that people just love the racing, love the intensity. And and in reality, you know, we're going to go to Las Vegas and the racing is going to be amazing, but the intensity won't be as high as, as, as it was a few days ago. That's a great point. That is a great point. I agree with you. Um, I, th- I, I could see Marcus considering, uh, you know, moving Texas in this direction. There's been some, some considerations around Texas uh, reconfiguring, but uh, he's he's kind of been patient about that, waiting to see this current uh, surface and as it ages, whether Texas will provide the type of racing we're looking for. But I want to move on and, and ask you, you made a crew chief change in the off season. You know, I, I think that um, any time that I had a crew chief change, uh, those aren't easy to do. You had a great relationship with Travis, uh, Mac, who was your crew chief for, for the last year or two, but, there is always this idea that the new guy's going to come in. He's going to, you know, we're, we're going to take what we have and we're trying to make it better. There's going to, you know, I'm hoping to feel when I drive the car an improvement, a change, a difference, something. Uh, the communication is going to be different. You're hoping that this is going to work out. So you're a couple races in. I know it's only Daytona and Atlanta, but how do you feel about that change so far? Yeah, Dale, listen, I. You you know this because already you you also have a, a great relationship with Travis. Um, it was it was very difficult. It was very difficult because uh, Travis was not just my teammate, but he was also my friend, and uh, he is still my friend. You know, and uh, and I care about him. I care about his his family. Uh, we're good friends, uh, not just on the racetrack, but also outside the racetrack. Um, but the reality is that last year we just did not perform the way that we were wanting to perform, and uh, and you know I, I'm not blaming on him, but the, but but we didn't have a solution, you know we, we we didn't have a plan, we didn't know how we're gonna fix it, you know we were heading into we're heading into uh, December and 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 the team was almost exactly same than than 2023 and. And um, and that, that was concerning because obviously the entire team, you know, Trihouse, everyone is pushing to trying to get more results because on the other side, you know, Ross and the one team, they are doing a great job. And and the 99, honestly, in the last two years has learned so much from, from the from the one team because the one team is is pretty solid. So um, you know, I start getting pressure, everyone started getting pressure, sponsors start putting pressure, hey, what's going on? Why why you guys are not winning? Like the one is doing. And it really put us in a corner where we needed to do something. And, uh, and you know, Matt Sudarski, uh, well-known as a squid, he came available and uh, uh, I didn't know a squid, 
I have had maybe <laughs> one conversation with him before December, and everyone had very very high comments about him, how smart he is, how uh, how he was gonna be able maybe to 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 bring a change to to the group, and uh, and so far honestly, you know, like you mentioned, we have had a couple of races in super speedway style. But but he has he has brought a different dynamic to the team. You know he he he's he's a different guy. He only he's 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 different. He's very quiet. Uh, Travis was the opposite. He was very outspoken, uh, which I love that. Uh, Squid is very very quiet. He's very engineer driven, uh, but he's very smart, extremely smart, and also he's very very well prepared. Uh, I I am actually impressed how well prepared he is heading into the races. How know how knowledge how, how much knowledge he has heading into the races. He he feeds me a lot of that information, and and so far honestly, uh, things are going uh, uh, very very well, and 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 also. We put a lot of work in the off season. In the off season, we we got busy working to try to build this chemistry because we didn't want to spend six months trying to build this communication. And and as you know, my English and my understanding is not <laughs> is not normal. So so I had to make sure that uh, that we're building this relationship. You have spent the last couple of years as a driver who you know is grinding and working to make the playoffs the whole year the whole regular season is this massive effort to find your way into that group you and a lot of teams are 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 often you know sort of in that in that category either either you know in the top 16 or on the fringes of that working all year long this year you're two races in you have a win you're locked in uh there won't be you know, there won't be any way that you don't make the playoffs. I think I could say that confidently. Have you had a minute to really consider how much pressure maybe that takes off you? I I wonder now. You know, knowing you and thinking about you and how you how you approach your job, whether you feel any less pressure because you're 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 still in this mode. I think when I talk to you uh, of. I need I need to prove it. I need to prove more. I need to prove more. I need to win next week. I need to win the next one. I need to win five. I need to win ten. And maybe you don't feel less pressure being locked in, but uh, just having to be able to go to each race from here on out in the regular season, not worrying about playoffs, will be nice. Oh, it, it's definitely nice. It's, it's definitely nice to get uh, the first win uh, this early in the season. With that being said, Honestly, I have not thought on playoffs in the last three days once. I haven't thought about it because the way I'm thinking on this is, and I, and I mentioned this to 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 Squid, my my new cruise ship, and I mentioned to the entire team. I say, hey guys, I feel that I've been an okay driver, a good driver. We've been an okay team. You know, we have spikes. We get a pole position. We win one race a year. Things like that. And you know, some people may be happy with that. I'm not. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not here to be the guy that oh, he's winning one race. You know, when we win, we make a big party. That's not the goal. You know, for me, that's not the goal because I know that to be able to contend for a championship, you have to win between three to five races. That's what you have to do. If you can win between three to five races, you can actually have a real shot for the championship. You have points. You have confidence. You have momentum. You have a lot of things, and and before we hire Matt, I said, Matt, 
this is what I want to do. Is this what you want to do? Are you committed to do this with me? Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not okay being a, a good driver. I want to be a great driver, and I want to be in that next step of those group of drivers like William Byron, Kyle Larson, uh, all these guys that when they win, nobody's surprised. They're expecting it. Gotcha. That's my goal. You know, that's my goal, and you know, I've been working very hard on this. Uh, but it's not easy, man. It's yeah. not easy because, as you know, in the Cup Series, every single driver is talented. Every single driver is gifted. Uh, you have to build that group around you. You have to build that communication around you. And, and yeah, maybe the last two races, they have been super speedways. But, man, we got the stage points in, in, uh, in the duels. We got the stage points in every in both stages in, in Daytona. We were running off front in Daytona. We are running off front in Atlanta. The team is different. The team is different. I'm happy where we're at, and uh, and I think that uh, that we're making steps in the direction uh, that we're expecting uh, in the off season. Man, I appreciate your time today. Uh, I know that you know y'all have a lot going on, a lot of uh, meetings and preparation uh, leading up to to every race, and and we just thank you for giving us a little bit of your time this morning. Congratulations on the win. Congratulations on um, getting yourself locked into those playoffs. I know you're gonna go out there and try to win some more races this year and uh i gotta say man your your work ethic your determination uh your will i've seen it ever since you've came up through the uh the canyon and the xfinity series uh you have uh you have really really been tenacious uh to achieve your goals and what you believe you're capable of doing and it's it's impressive and and fun to watch but you're and that rubs off on everybody around you in the industry so uh we appreciate you thank you daniel and uh good luck going forward bud thank you so much amigo really really appreciate all your your kind of words coming from you um you know how how i appreciate that and uh thank you for having me man hopefully right. hopefully uh you have to you have to invite me more often with uh with a few more uh good races you bet you buddy you win some more races we'll get you back on here thank you bud we'll see you thank you my friend. bye-bye daniel um such a great guy I've actually gotten a chance to, you know, I'll say this. So, you know, you get all the drivers together and you're, you know, you're, some of these guys are hard to talk to. Yeah, they really are. Daniel's not that way. Um, every time I see him, he's always happy to see you. Um, one of those kind of people. And I like those kind of people. They're happy, you know, happy to see you when, when you run into them and just easy to talk to. He, you know, he reminds me of in his, you know, where he is in his career and him talking about wanting to, to win more races. He reminds me of a young Joey Logano. I was going to say Joey Logano. I was going to guess the same yeah. thing. And I don't know. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel's not young, but he, he reminds me of where kind of Joey was when he too was sort of like, he, we know now what he was capable of, yeah. but he was struggling to get those results. And Daniel's determination and not give up attitude and, and I know I can do this and I'm going to work hard as I have to work to get it and I'm going to tell everybody around me that this is what I want to this is what I want to become. It, it, those kind of people make those things eventually happen. Yeah, I love so, his mindset. Yes, were you? I, I loved his honesty there. Like he he even said, you know, we were an okay team. I was an okay driver. Like this is this is not yeah. the standard he's, he's, that we want to set. Like yeah. that surprised me. I feel like he's a realist. Yeah, yeah, I like that about people, man. When they're on it, you know, they get to give an honest assessment. Um, congratulations to Daniel. That, that's. That's just a good story. Mm -hmm. Crazy finish. And 
Mike Joyce said it was the greatest finish he ever called or ever seen that didn't involve cars crashing across the finish line. Sure, yeah. Daniel Suarez will all will you know forever be the winner of that moment. The big the the, the, the big you know the guy that gets the trophy. Um, it's kind of like when they say you're you know once you win the Daytona 500, you're always a Daytona 500 champion. Mm-hmm. Or if you're you know a Winston Cup champion, you always be in that group, Hall of Famer. Well, Daniel's tied to that race. For the rest of his life yeah i saw you tweet a lot about the broadcast yeah. what'd you think of it i thought it was great um you know i i enjoyed uh i enjoyed the race i thought the booth was great harvick's done a great job of sort of rounding out that that booth and um in his analysis uh of the car and as he knows it he's drove it is awesome i'm really tuning in to what he's telling us to try mm-hmm. to learn myself about what some of the things that I don't know about the car. And so, uh, you know, it's important to listen to Daniel there tell us about what that's like to get on the outside of another car and how the car can change and balance and why. And so, uh, you know, those are some things that Harvick brings that I love. And Harvick, it will get, Harvick has tons of confidence. But as he's getting more comfortable in the booth, he'll be more comfortable with sharing his opinion, trusting uh, to say what he, what he has on his mind. And, and that's just going to be good for all of us. Um, I had uh, I had a lot of fun, honestly. Um, not that anybody said anything that made me feel like I needed to say this, but I didn't have a drop to drink, no beer or anything, <laughs> all day long. And I, which I'm kind of regret, but uh, I was watching my kids this weekend. Amy was going to the beach, and so I was trying to be good. And uh, but I had a blast sitting there watching that race. Eating peanuts and drinking a sundrop, but um, I think there's one thing I want to say about Atlanta yes. is that uh, I see a lot of people on Twitter say that you know they're tired of the quote unquote gimmicks, right? Yeah. And we saw Bristol dirt, we saw you know the the Roval could be in that category, right? And I thought that Atlanta was going to be another gimmick track, and so this weekend proved me wrong. Like I'm happy to know that this is a racetrack where. Real racing is going to happen. It's not some fabricated thing that there's good product on that track every yeah. time we go there. I agree. I, you know, I knew when they reconfigured this racetrack, uh, everybody was going to bitch and complain about it because, uh, you know, they're, they're making it too narrow and new pavement, blue, boo-hoo. <laughs> but after it wears or after it ages, and it's going to age fast, it's in, the, it's in the sand, right? If you drive around that racetrack, Ain't no grass, ain't no, ain't no mud, right. ain't no, ain't no red earth. It's freaking sandy, and so any time you have a racetrack in that environment, when the wind blows, it's it's literally just sandblasting the surface year round, right? In a very very slow slow process of it, but that you know the bleaching heat of the sun and all of that, you know the elements just going and going and going year round, just kick the ass of that surface and it's going to be incredible and get better and better and before you know it man it'll be old atlanta again and high banked and faster yeah it'll be a faster old atlanta i raced there in 2000 and i remember in 2000 2004 when i won that's literally only 10 years after it'd been repaved it was repaved in 96 in oh in 2000 2001 it was worn out Mm. or slick as hell at least um, and that was like, you know, only four or five years after the repave then. Don't miss Power Torque Tools DIY days now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools 
come with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, you can save big on power torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Choose the best power torque tools and tool sets for big savings. Power torque power tools, um, just like the cordless ratchet or the impact wrench, or uh, polisher and sander, they're all on sale now, and they include battery, charger, and they also have a one-year limited warranty. These are really, really good deals, and you can also get great deals on a wide range of power torque jack and jack stands. Everybody needs a jack and uh, set of jack stands in their shop, um, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. So they'll be able to accomplish any goal, any job you've got to do. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right power torque tool for your next DIY project. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Hey, download listeners, supervising producer Andrew Curlin here. Are supply chain issues still disrupting operations? Well, let me tell you, Graybar has you covered. They are the leader in distribution of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products. Professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. That's right, and they're operating with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. Let me tell you, here's what makes them different, is you know being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on site and on time is so crucial these days, and Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task. So when you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running. Check out Graybar. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. Joe Legato, you know, the gloves. <laughs> I, you know, we got to talk. We, everybody's talking about this. Oh yeah. Um, I don't want to repeat everything else going on out there in the industry, but um, Joey has these webbed gloves, so he wore them in qualifying at Daytona, got the pole, and so you know he's got this glove. They filled the uh, the fingers with with a web material, so when he sticks his hand out the window in front of the window net, it's knocking air off the rear spoiler. The same, you know, they used to, um, teams years ago came to Daytona with clear vinyl sewn behind the window net. Oh, man. You know, and of course, some, you know, first time somebody saw that, they like, get that, get that out of here. You can't run that. You know, you can't run clear vinyl behind your, to block the air from going into the car, right? And have it going down the side of the car. So, you know, this is, this is what happens when, um, you, when you build, when you, when you have a race car and you control every inch of it and, you know, you have basically no creativity or flexibility, teams can't, you know, when teams, when teams have nowhere else to look for an advantage, they're going to find these quirk, quirky little spaces to work in, right? Like gloves. Um, every, every smart person in this industry should be looking at everything and somebody looked at gloves and said maybe it was joey you know maybe joey's like you know i've been sticking my hand out the window i've been doing this for you guys for several years now um what if we did something to the glove and made it even better right <laughs> maybe joey had this idea who knows i love i love the just watching that creativity work yeah thousand percent cory uh cory lajoy had some cool gloves he's wearing the skull mm. gloves so i saw this clip on Instagram, 
uh, about Corey with his truck at Daytona. Post-race Instagram reel about how much fun he had running in a truck race. And it showed him putting on the skull gloves. So I called him. I said, hey, man, you wearing the skull gloves in the truck at Daytona? He goes, yeah. I said, I'm, I'm happy about that. He goes, well, I don't want to mess anything up about your charitable thing you do at Bristol at the, every year with the gloves program. I'm like, I don't care. I stole the gloves from a, from a, uh, you know, from from a motorcycle racer, yeah. uh, an, arena uh, an arena cross guy. Yeah, I, I don't know who it was. Saw a, saw a guy wearing them on TV. I thought that's cool. Nobody's doing anything with gloves. I'm going to do something with gloves. So I took the skull gloves from somebody, and uh, he said, "Man, I will wear them every week if you don't care." And I'm like, "I I don't care. Somebody else needs to be doing it. Skull gloves are cool, right? They are. Um, remember when you were a kid?" Like you want, you had to, you, know, you had the skull outfit or the skull yeah. shirt. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you had some skull gloves. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and wasn't it because he needed a backup pair of gloves? That's yeah, why didn't he ended have, up wearing yeah, them. Yeah, they didn't have any gloves for his truck, so he found those. And it was a backup pair for Bristol. But anyhow, maybe you'll see uh, Corey continuing to wear the skull gloves. I called it, man. He's going to win a race this year. I, I was hoping it was Atlanta. That was where I thought it might happen. Maybe it's the second Atlanta. Could be. They got to get their cars better. He wasn't even. Yeah. He wasn't able to get up there, do what he needed to do. Damn it. <laughs> we thought this was gonna be the year. Let's go, Spire. <laughs> get him up there. I called it. I need it to happen. Well, and speaking of the Logano gloves, yeah. you put a tweet out on what was it Sunday morning saying wrong answers only. Yes. What kind of gloves right. did Joey Logano yeah. use? And so we were gonna get our best ones. We got the best ones. We got. I think nine almost 900 responses. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, pretty right. crazy. Here's the first one. So Dalton's going to pull them up on the screen here, and we'll read them. Preston, uh, prostate exam gloves are for single use only. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I think that yes. was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a fire... Fire no, those are not SFI. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt said he tried to be Colton Herta cool, and he's wearing the Thanos glove, uh-huh. you know, with the Infinity Stones that fit in them. Yep. You kids. Just <laughs> Jeff. And we got a lot of these responses. It's uh, The power glove, yeah. Yes, yeah. I saw that a lot, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We saw a ton of those. He was planning on using the turbo boost button. Something like that. Yeah. Didn't work getting through all those crashes. <laughs> uh, he just came from swim class. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Uh, that's awesome. That's AKA, he could have used those in Daytona. Damn, dude. All the rain delays. Is yeah. that not illegal in swim class? What the f- I be? used that yeah. this morning in you swim did? class, man. You yeah. used those? Well, there's a different, they're a different type of paddle. Okay, by the way, for the podcast listeners, Why they're the uh, sw- swimming paddles. Yeah, they're webbed gloves it's basically. like to it's like a form thing why even swim i mean if what you're do you mean cheat, why even yeah, swim? if you're gonna cheat why even swim michael phelps doesn't use those i'm practicing do i'm not competing a, wearing you, these things do you ride an electric bike too when you're on no. Strava? <laughs> yeah, yeah he just <laughs> no nah, i just turn i just turn my watch on i get in the car <laughs> <laughs> okay you're, uh, all everybody right. on strava that follows andrew ought to give a load of sh- for cheating and yeah swimming. <laughs> yeah He's got a little electric fan just down there <laughs> propelling him. <laughs> well, I use fins, too, if that helps. Jeez. <laughs> jeez, jeez. Uh, Grumpy, I guess their name is Grumpy. Uh, I heard the gloves outbid you on the <laughs> Titanic Lego set. <laughs> That's good. Uh, oh, <laughs> you, did you find a new Titanic set to bet on? Well, I'm waiting on the son of a... I want to cuss. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Do it. I'm Let him fly. <laughs> You buy something on eBay, 
All right. Yesterday was Monday. Today's mm-hmm. Tuesday. Ship the damn thing already. Mm-hmm. Let's go. I know. Where's my? Where's my? <laughs> look. God. Yeah. Like, gotta, what are you gonna just get to it whenever the freak you want? Yeah, we gotta ship the thing. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> did you get? It? Did you get a Titanic? Set? When you spend eight hundred dollars on something on on eBay, you expect them to ship it. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. Right the freak away. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let's keep going. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Uh, NASCAR Chasm responded just with the uh, hamburger helper. Yeah, maybe there's a sponsored <laughs> deal in the future for Joey yeah, with yeah. Hamburger Helper. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that, uh, that uh, Byron's got a Legos deal coming. What? Does he really? With well, well, that red. Some oh, dang. That's awesome. Uh, he uh, Neil said they want to bring back Hotlanta. Yes. A picture of two oven mitts. Yes, try Just driving. They should make them all drive with those. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what some of them were driving with. <laughs> I would have crashes. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. All right, last one. Joey actually has webbed fingers. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Christine. <laughs> so we shouldn't be discriminating yeah, against Joey because he actually it. has webbed fingers. He can't help it. Poor he's guy. Got, he's got them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Thanks for sending those in, everybody. Thanks. Oh, man. That was great. Appreciate everybody. That was good stuff. Hey, thanks, everybody, playing along, being a good sport. And if you thought yours was funny as and it didn't get red, don't keep trying. <laughs> Just give up. <laughs> Just give up. Dang, man. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, so only if you're, if, if, if only those nine people can respond again. Yeah, yeah that's moving it. Moving forward. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, the truck race. Let's talk about the truck race. Okay. Um, fuel mileage, single file, high line, and a roof flew off a truck. Um, the one thing that I would say is for the truck and the Xfinity race, we just need to change the stage lengths. That's it. We don't need to, um, I know that you know NASCAR is going to try to look at everything, um, and they may change uh, spoilers and, and splitters and stuff on Xfinity. Maybe not. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. But I think if we just change the number of laps to just take them out of the fuel range, right? Either right. go shorter, go longer, whatever. Uh, we still can't control where cautions fall, so we still may fall into a fuel mileage race. But let that be fate right? right let's not let's not set, determine that by the length of the stage um let's not start a stage where they're like oh we're two laps short <laughs> so we're gonna have to save fuel yeah um with that said two things about one thing about the truck race the the roof on the the truck right they said a piece of debris hit it and that's why it deflected or deformed we've seen teams do that intentionally to gain downforce i don't care whether they were trying to do that or not. I think that going forward, when a car has that happening, it has to get black flagged. Mm-hmm. Black flag the car, truck, whatever, and it has to come down pit road and get that fixed. Um, that roof coming off is, is and, and I'm not telling NASCAR anything they don't know, it's dangerous, yeah. right? Okay, that thing going up into the stands, oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about it. But, um, so, you know, I think going forward, we saw it. Everybody saw it. We were talking about it on Twitter. It was a, it's, it's this thing is going on for laps and laps and laps, right? Right. Black flag. Yeah. Hello. Hey, come to pit road. Right? Should have been. Don't I mean, they do that when equipment, other type, like other pieces of the car flapping around are loose? Like, I well, feel like I always see that Daytona with like bumpers flying around. I don't know if black you flag people coming in. Chase Elliott at the Roval when he got spun out by Harvick and he had that big old piece of his sheet metal hanging off the back and he didn't get black flagged for mm. ever so i don't know 
Hey, speaking of Twitter, what did you think of uh, NASCAR and Fox's camera work? Oh, that that <laughs> did tweet. I get it right? That yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> nah, that one did get me. Shoot, man, I can't keep it. I couldn't keep bottled up anymore. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, since right now I'm not working for any specific network, I felt like that allowed me to be a little more sharing Mm -hmm. i don't i'm not picking on fox i'm not saying they do things differently than nbc did things i am always of the opinion that getting more cars on the screen is a good thing right especially when all of those cars are doing some things racing battling right the more the more cars you can put on the screen the more i as a broadcaster can talk about look at that look at that right and if they're not on the screen, I can't say hell of a battle right there yeah. when you can't even see it at home, right? So there's a couple things. I've talked a little hard about this. He believes that it's – now, fans will say, look, it's a, week to, it's a week-to-week issue, and I get that. But Atlanta, it's a very unique situation because we now have a mile-and-a-half racetrack that races like – a Daytona Talladega where they're packed right. up but we have mile and a half camera locations right and we're shooting mm. it like we're shooting it like a mile and a half right right that's actually I did not think of I that did, yeah and so I think that now that we know what Atlanta is we not we need to rethink about camera locations and and how we want to shoot that race right so that we can get a little bit wider. Little, we need to back up a little bit. Some of those cameras can't get wider. They're so close to the action, right. they can't back the you know, they can't back the shot up. And so um, you know, you'll see it, man. They'll they'll be on these cars and they'll the cars will come down the front straightaway. And as the cars are coming toward the camera, when they get closest to the camera, they're you know, they fill the whole screen up, and then, then they go back mm-hmm. away. You can tell that the guy running the camera, he can't zoom out any further. So, I mean, there's there's something to rethink there about Atlanta. But I'm always of the opinion, like, put as much on the screen as you can. I don't want to be in helicopter all race. I don't want to be, you know, looking from the blimp the entire day. But especially on restarts, we got the whole field jumped up. We're going to have all kinds of chain reaction things happening. Something that happens up front is going to affect the guy in 20th. I want to see it on the screen so I can talk about it. Right. Show me every car you can possibly show me on a restart for at least a lap and a half before I'll feel I feel good enough that they've sorted it out. And then we can start to focus more on a specific group of cars. And so uh, we've always talked about that. I, I When I first got the job at NBC, you know, that was one of the first things that Burton, Tart, and Rick told me. Hey, we're gonna you're gonna hear us say we need to get wider. We need to get wider. We need to get wider when we're talking to our our team, in the in the TV compound. This is what we're talking about. This is why you need to join us in that conversation, <laughs> right? And I'm like, yeah, I hear you. I got it. So um, there were some moments during the race where we'll come off a of turn two and we got a shot that got that has the top twelve in it, and as they're coming toward us. Um, the shot morphs into basically just three cars toward the front of the pack. And I'm like, damn it, I really wanted to continue to watch that battle for 8th, ninth, and 10th. 
But also, I would love to still see the right. front lead car, right? And that's what I'm looking for. Is like, you know, give me give me that pack coming down the frustrated way into three through turn four the whole time, right? So I can see, because then, you know, they're coming down the back straightaway, right? Coming off of two. 12 cars on the screen. Battles for position throughout the top 12. They're coming toward us. When they got in front of us in turn three, it was three cars on the screen. The first three in the pack. We followed them through three and four, and then we cut to the 10th place car wrecking. He's already wrecked. Mm. And I'm like, damn it, I knew. Yeah, I didn't. But in my mind, I'm like, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> damn it, now, how did it happen? If I'd have, if it had been on the screen with everybody else, I would have seen it play out right. live. Yeah. And so, um, you know, whether they're truly capable at all times of giving me as a fan and a viewer that, I'm not entirely sure. My my bitching and moaning is is probably for nothing a lot of the times. But I know um, that sometimes, you know, they – they can get a little wider, right? And I'm just asking for it. But I've never felt comfortable saying that publicly until now. You mentioned, like, when you first stepped in the booth, they're like, you got to watch the monitor here, and, like, we're hoping to get the camera to be wider. I think it was Harvick uh, who I think even admitted himself, oh, sorry, I was watching the racetrack. I wasn't actually watching the monitor on the broadcast. And he reacted to something that TV actually didn't capture. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know, I'll say you're, uh, I like to look, I, I will always, um, if I continue to broadcast in NASCAR, I want to be at the racetrack. If they ever, you know, I'm never going to work a job where mm. they're like, man, you know, we're going to have you here in Charlotte and, and call the race from from this remote location mm-hmm. i need to see the track i need yep. to see the energy i need to feel the fans all that really makes me better or gives i'm i'm a fan right i want to be at the race watching it and i want to look out that that window and see the race because yeah i'm watching this i'm watching program i'm watching what you're seeing at home but i need to look and say hey man is the seventh is the seventh place car catching the sixth place car? Is that where we need to take the cameras? And then I can get in the, you know, talk to the producer and say, I think there's a great battle happening or about to happen. So let's try to get there in the next lap or two because it's, it's developing. We want to put every battle on the screen. You know, there's races. You know, we're not going to have that problem in Atlanta, but we'll go to uh, Vegas this weekend, right? And maybe there's a long ring flag run. They get very spread out. Dude, you're looking for battles. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to tell the camera guys what battles are about to happen so they can put that battle on the screen because we, we, we need to show cars racing, side-by-side, passing. Definitely. Right? And if there's a pass for position in the top ten and the and the TV viewer at home didn't get to see it, that's bull crap. Right? We don't want that to happen. Right? And so, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know you're, that's something you're doing in the booth all the time is actually trying to look out. And to to Harvick's credit, I mean, you get you get out, you you see something happening, and it you know you react to it a lot of times, not knowing what's on the screen. But sometimes that's okay. You know, when I was a kid growing up, you know, they always told me, you know, don't react to anything that's not on the screen. The viewer can't see it at home. That's wrong. Don't do that. I don't believe in that. 
I think that's BS. I want, I'm going to react if I see something happening that's not on the screen. I don't think that's a rule that I'm going to abide by. And so, um, cause, because growing up in uh, the 80s, you know, you didn't get every race on TV. Radio. You listen to radio, mm-hmm. right? And radio is telling us a story about the battle for the lead or whatever's happening. You know, they're telling a story about a car or driver or something happening. And a guy on the other side of the racetrack snaps into the picture with a, Oh, we oh, got, we got a crash. Yeah. Right. That was, yeah. the, that was, that was magic. As a kid, that was insane. You couldn't wait to hear what come next. Who was it? Who was in it? How bad was the wreck? You know, and that was, those are the moments that were, were incredible as a listener playing with your Maxbox cars on the floor in the, in the living room. And that's what I think is fair game and, and, e- and fun to recreate in, in the booth. Um, it's actually fine if we're watching the battle and I holler, we got a car on the wall. It's not on your screen, but we're going to get there. But I want you to know right now that there's a, re- there's a freaking wreck happening. Yeah. Right? Yep. And <clears throat> I'm not going to wait for it to come onto the screen and go and then react to a crash that's already halfway developed. Right. right. So, I don't know. You break that rule a lot. I don't care. <laughs> Good. That's the way I'm going to do it. And, Good. you know, and if uh, if it, I, I want to do it that way, that's the way I want to do it. And that's the way and, and that's the way I like to do the job. I don't and and I don't know that I would want to do the job otherwise. So, um Good any, stuff. Yeah, anyhow. Uh the Xfinity race, uh we talked about that truck race being a fuel mileage event, so was the Xfinity race. Um and and it didn't work out for Junior Motorsports. We had a terrible series of events late in the race. The nine car of Brandon Jones did come to Pit Road to get fuel, which was the right call, uh, and was going to restart on that inside line with a great shot at it, but got a flat tire. So the forty eight ran out of gas. We went to the you know we went to go around him and and make contact and cut a tire. So that hurt uh, Brandon's opportunity just at a good you know decent finish. And but the other guys they ran their cars out of gas. It was frustrating. And I texted a buddy of mine while I, Tim Duggar, we were talking during the race, and I said, the 21's going to win. This is just, you know, you, got, you get this feeling that he's going right. to drive through all the muck and, it's, and, and win the race, and he does. Um, the, the debate, I think, that we should have on the show is this, all right? And this is for the viewers, just for listeners, viewers, whatever, right? Um, hindsight is easy to make this call now, but... If you say you got four race cars in the field, you're running seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth all day long, right? Um, and you're about a lap and a half short or two laps short on fuel to get to the end. Do you tell your drivers to try to save the fuel to try to make it the distance, or do you tell them run your ass off? If you can go to the front, drive to the front, burn all the fuel. If we run out of gas, we run out of gas. Um, that's sort of the debate. And I think that now you've got to be willing, if you make the decision to go and run hard, you got to be willing to be the fool when you run out of gas and no one else does, right? But I would rather, you know, who were they talking about at the end of that race? Jesse Love. Austin Hill won the race. 
Yeah. And they're talking about Jesse Love. Yeah. So especially so, on social media. Right. So Jesse Love run hard, led all laps, and he had a fantastic race car. Credit to RCR. The two car was the best car in the field, we think. The 21 might have been as good, but he was saving fuel and riding part throttle and so forth. Um, but the two drove to the front every chance he got, led every lap he, that he could, and we're all talking about him, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what I would rather be the case. You know, look, maybe we get lucky and the yellow comes out and we get the fuel and we, you know, now we got the track position and the fuel uh, to go out there and not look like idiots because we ran hard. Um, but I would rather run, I would rather try to be running, try to be moving forward, try to be trying to get to the front. And if we run out of gas, we run out of gas. This is where I think I disagree with you. Okay. I like, I, I look at, that race and see Austin Hill like dang he ran a smart race I look at Jesse Love running like hell leading laps and running out of gas is like well rookie mistake and at the end of the day Austin Hill's sitting there with the trophy I don't think that's a rookie mistake I think you go out there and you run your ass off as long as you can I think he misspoke to your point now look but like you use the word like run run like hell you may look like a fool like conventional wisdom says save the fuel right right yes like common sense says save the fuel but damn it that's boring but boring wins you the race man yeah but it didn't win us we did it and it didn't win us the race um we were invisible so you're taking also the chance look if you don't one guy wins the race right the entire field besides the two was saving fuel right so it didn't work out for everybody. A large majority of the people that chose this strategy remained invisible the entire day. Yeah. And got nothing to show for it. That's my argument is like do you do you are you okay with basically being anonymous anonymous the entire day? Are you okay with being anonymous making no waves? Your partners, your team sitting on pit road going Hope this works out. You right. know, this is not exciting. Um, you know, all the there's no buzz. You create no buzz. None of your drivers are building confidence. They're just out there just holding position in formation. It does for me, I think the rem the I think the gamble for me that we may run out is worth it because Man, if my guys could go up front and be like, hey, we, we had control of it. We were here. Boy, we ran fast. We ran good. Man, I felt great. I felt I felt awesome about my car or the way I drove. You at least get some of that out of the day, right? So you can move forward long term. I think that's good. So, you know, that's the debate, I think, internally that I'm having with no, no, no engineer, no crew chief, I'm not. A, I didn't. I sat on the couch, right? I didn't go to the racetrack. Yeah. So this is easy for me to sit here and and say, oh, I would have done this. Right. No crew chief, no engineer, none of those people that are at the race are going to be reckless with with strategy. They're all going to do the cons, the smart, common sense thing. That's that's of course. But I'm just thinking. Are, I believe that it will evolve away to the other way. Right, 
So to what? Like what? To the reckless way. Really? I, yeah. I don't so, think so. All right. Listen. We all, if we're all doing the same thing, we all can't succeed. And so some of the some of the industry will fan off into these alternate strategies, and then make it work, and more people will move in that direction. And it'll cycle. Everything cycles. The whole, eco, everything in the ecosystem er, is a cycle, right? So I think that this strategy of common sense, playing it conservative, being smart is is the norm today, but maybe like, like drivers and their etiquette. So, you know, Suarez tells us the drivers were driving very intense, out of character. Mm-hmm. It's is it not in the last so think about mark martin the way he used to drive and he taught everybody to drive the same way we all molded into that mark martin let him go hey you're faster i'll let you pass i'll pass you later everybody take right. care of each other Ooh, don't get too close don't race too hard everything everybody went in that direction and now they're all starting to ebb and flow into the other direction of intense run through you push you out of the way i don't care right. i'm gonna do us i'm gonna do it look at the trucks xfinity they're crazy. <laughs> sure. Madness. Yeah. Well, the, well, the cup guys also have lost some respect. There's less respect. There's less taking care of each other. There's more. I'm out for me. This is for me. I'm doing this for me. Hell with you. And so while that's what I mean while in, in, the, in the change of culture, uh, the change of thoughts, uh, decisions, judgment, values, all those things, I think – I'm hoping, man, that like fuel mileage racing and and sitting there and oh man, we're five short. We need to ride twenty percent throttle in tenth place. Who wants to do that? We're that a race. But, but if you have to do it, you don't to win the race. You no one said you had to do it. So what no would one be the said, what would be the situation where you're five short? Run your ass off. Hope for a caution. I mean, that's what we that's did. That's a strategy, sure. That's what they did in the seventies and eighties. Nobody was out there going. Burr. 20% throttle. Boy, there's, I got y'all. Uh, there's always going to be that team that's going to save fuel, and it's going to benefit them listen, one way or another. Maybe. I remember, I remember when the first, I remember when the first time we started shutting the cars off under caution. I think we got smarter. Yes. We got smarter. Okay. Right? And we, we moved into this direction real heavy. Save, 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 conserve, conserve, conserve. And I think it'll go back in the other direction of, well, if everybody's going to do that, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm driving my ass off. Simon Pagino, Indy 500. They told him, Simon, you're short on gas. You're running too hard. He's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and he wins the damn Indy 500. Yeah. That's what you want, right? Like, I, that's what, that's what that's you want the way from your you driver. Go. Listen, I am not that's arguing against... That's the way you go against, out. I'm you not go arg- out on top. <laughs> yeah, guess who went out well, on top this but, weekend? But here's the question. Austin Hill. He, he saved uh, fuel. He but fell into that. Is, what? Come is, on. Is Jesse Love's sponsor upset at all? No. I don't think so either. No. I don't think that... But They're I think not, that the person yeah. in 20th riding around at half throttle might be. I don't know. Like, if I was a sponsor, I'd be like, get There's, your ass up there. I don't know. If that's the way you want to look at it, Sure, but can you make everyone happy in terms of like, did Austin Hill make his sponsors happy for most of that race I'm up sure until he, the end? I'm sure he did, but he has the benefit of winning. But the guy in second place, and I'm not, and again, there's only one winner, and there were a lot of people on Austin Hill's strategy that did not win the race. But ultimately, everyone, 
Everyone was on that strategy. It wasn't a lot, a lot of Jesse, people. But Jesse Love, man. One guy. Okay. But you're you're saying you you would like to have your guys run more like Jesse Love. Jesse, yeah. I, I'm just, no, nope, nope. I'm not saying okay. that. I'm not going to get it in a debate over what the crew chiefs should or shouldn't do. Okay. I'm just saying, you know, I I want us to debate. I want fans to, to debate whether if they own the team – would they say, man, we're going for broke every lap, running your ass off, I don't care what the fuel mileage is? Or are you going to be, no, we're going to try to save fuel. We're going to try to get to the end. Who would you be? I think you. We, I think we know where we stand. Yeah. 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 You would save and I'd run flat out. I'll tell you right now, man, if I was at the track on that pit box and a, and a crew chief turned around and said, we're one short, I would be like, yeah, okay, save. Okay. But sitting at home – and then watching it all play out, I'm like, man, that, that sucked. <laughs> well, I, well, I, we should just run hard, you know? I mean, it, you know, high, you know, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Armchair quarterback here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Dalton, I've got a hypothetical question for you. Gotcha. What's the first thing you would do if you had an extra hour of the day? I'd probably go for a run. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. Yeah. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. That's true, man. I mean, I've used BetterHelp before, and it's amazing how much work you can get done on yourself in an hour with BetterHelp. I also have used BetterHelp. Even, like, it's not even just for people with major trauma. I couldn't sleep, and a licensed BetterHelp therapist let me be the best version myself. It was super helpful. Yeah, definitely. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Dale Jr. today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Dale Jr. What's up, Download listeners? It is the biggest time of the year right now for college basketball. And I will tell you, regardless of who makes it to the final game in the tourney, one thing is for certain. It takes the most talented people working together to help these teams play at the next level. And if you are hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. And how do you do that? Zip Recruiter. That's right, man. We just went through a big hiring process ourselves, mm-hmm. and it was helpful to have Zip Recruiter's powerful technology, which starts showing you qualified people for it immediately after you post your job. Yeah, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Pig Zip Recruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try Zip Recruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I mentioned that Amy was out of town. She was hesitant to go. Um, leave leaving the girls with me for the entire weekend. She left Thursday, came back Sunday. I think it was my first full weekend with the, both the girls. I took them down to South Park Mall to American Dolls store. That was mm. a great hit. Denny Hamlin was a little bit honest, too honest, maybe. <laughs> yep. This week on yes. his podcast about yeah. uh, bathroom situation. Yeah, he let it all the race go. Car. Yeah. Well. I didn't have anything like that going on. But <laughs> as I'm driving to South Park, it's freaking 50-minute drive or something like that. I'm like, man, I'm going to have to use the bathroom. 
And I've got a situation here. A dad with two girls, a three and a five-year-old, going to the mall. What do you do? I don't know. What do oh, you do? Oh, yeah. You don't know? You don't know what, what would you do? I have not been in that situation. Yes. I mean, I've my mom has I would probably brought me into the women's yeah. room. I would look for like a family that. restroom, probably. They don't have those. Mm. Those don't exist. Mm. <laughs> they don't exist at malls? Family restrooms? Yeah. The hell, the hell. yeah come on. <laughs> no one here? I mean, there's yeah. the big, you know, ones. <laughs> I like but I don't ran know that into one. There. I ran into one like the other day. Where? Uh... It was at it was at like some sort of restaurant. There was like a men's room, a women's room, and like the family uh, restaurant. What is the uh, yeah the Truman show? Was this a Truman show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> family room. Yeah, yeah. family restaurant. There's a couch in there. And yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's <place> fun. <laughs> it's enjoyable. Uh, I uh, well, I you know the only alternative, the only thing I could do is to take them with me. <clears throat> so all three mm-hmm. of us in the men's stall in the Macy's. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you picked Luckily, the Macy's. Well, I thought where I wanted a men's bathroom that was empty. Yeah. And I figured there wouldn't be many guys shopping the Macy's store at three in the afternoon. So we're sitting in there, each of us using the bathroom, and then some men started coming into the bathroom. And they're giggling. <laughs> the the men? The men are No, the <laughs> girls. The girls are giggling. <laughs> and I'm like, shh, shh, shh. And then they start shushing each other. They're like, shush, shush, you shush, you shush. And I'm like, holy smokes. This is more than I could take. Um, but it was funny. I just had to laugh. We get out of there, walk right to the, the American Doll store, and they picked out dolls. Everybody's fine. No tears. We go home, um, played some iRacing, some Hell Let Loose, crashed a lot on iRacing. Sorry to everybody who, who was part of that. But... Um, and then, right, so I had a lot, had a long list of things that we were going to do. We, had, we were going to have a blast, and we did. We had fun. We got ice cream. We did all the things. But right around Saturday afternoon late, I got burnt out. Mm. And I'm like, you know, and, and I'm looking around, and I'm in, I'm in sweatpants. They're in PJs. It's all to hell. <laughs> no, nothing productive, right, right is right. happening. And, um... It's just cartoons everywhere, every TV. <laughs> um, and so, um, but luckily, man, we, I thought, I was like, man, you know, right, Amy's, Amy gets on the plane, she's going to fly home, and she's going to be home at lunch on Sunday. And so, like, an hour before lunch, man, I got a bath, I took the girls upstairs, brushed their hair, we looked like we was ready to go to Sunday school. <laughs> <laughs> she walked in the house. All Were they like overdressed for being at home? No, yeah. uh, not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, we're ready. Yeah. Where, where are we going? Mm-hmm. Going to the grocery store? Where do you want to go? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did Amy suspect anything was... She, she's like, hey, this is She normal. ain't said a word. Until we released this clip. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I thought, you know, she'll come in and she'll see something I don't see. Right. What a mess. You know, yeah. that, that's messy. That, you clean, why don't you clean this up? Because, man, you're in it. You're in the house there for the whole weekend. You stop seeing the messes. Yep. Right? They look, no, nothing's messy. Oh, yes, it is. You know, once you point it out. But no, we were good. March 1st through the 3rd, NASCAR heads west to Las Vegas Motor Speedway for the Pennzoil 400 presented by Jiffy Lube Race Weekend. 
The NASCAR weekend starts when the Holler Parade makes its way down the iconic Las Vegas Strip mm. on Thursday evening. That is pretty awesome. The racing action starts on Friday with truck racing under lights, followed by the Xfinity race on Saturday, which will feature Vegas local Riley Herbst. On Sunday, March 3rd, before the roar of the engines, we'll kick it off with a great pre-race concert by country duo Maddie and Tay, followed by driver introductions. The green flag waves for the first non-restricted engine race of the season. Check out local favorites Kyle Busch and Noah Gragson as they race the rest of the NASCAR's biggest stars to see who captures the checkered flag. Man, I've been to Las Vegas Motor Speedway. That track is awesome. It is. Glitz, glamour, and gasoline all wrapped up in the NASCAR race weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I cannot wait for this. Let's get it. You're live, Dale. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Ask Junior today. I'm uh, excited for everybody to hear today's show. We've had fun uh, clowning around and being idiots and talking about Atlanta. <laughs> um, we had our uh, winner, Daniel Suarez, call in. So it's been a fun morning. Uh, this Wednesday's guest is Waddell Wilson, uh, famed Hall of Fame engine builder. But we're doing some Ask Junior right now. I want to say... Um, hey to all the NASCAR fans out there. Uh, now you can get the speed that you need on and off the track for, with Xfinity Mobile. It's the fastest mobile service with 5G and millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. And with its nationwide coverage, you'll know that it's always going to come through in a clutch. Uh, make the switch today and you can save with Xfinity Mobile. Xfinity is a proud premier partner of NASCAR. I just read that they may be working on an extension. Uh, to continue their partnership in the Xfinity series, which would be extremely nice. Be awesome. It would. They they're uh, they've been great to us here at, at Dirty Mo Media and at the Dale Jr. Download. And we're thankful for that. Uh, so, anyways, Andrew, you got some great questions today. We've got some good ones today. I'm, I'm yes. Ready. Uh, this first question comes from Corey, and it's kind of a follow up from last week. You know, someone asked, "Do the girls play any sports? Would you be a good you know youth sports coach?" I think so. Yeah. Uh, soccer. You'd be a good yeah, soccer coach. I went. I went with. Uh, I've been around a buddy of mine. He's got a couple girls, uh, and and he's he'll go to the games with his girls. And so I went with him a time or two, and that looks like a lot of fun. And it, and, and I I think going with my friend has helped me understand that okay, you got to put a six year a five or six year old out on the field, right? Mm-hmm. When you put them in the yard, and you're like, all right, kick the ball this way and that way, they do a great job, right? Kicking in the net, great. Okay. We've got it. We figured it out. Then you put them in the game, and it ends up being like just this pack of girls, <laughs> and and they're all just kind of kicking, 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 and the ball is like the ball is like just jiggling around like a pinball <laughs> in a machine, and, and the mob just kind of moves yeah. around on this big field, right? And eventually it gets closer to one of the goals, and maybe it goes in, and, or maybe it doesn't. Yeah, uh, uh, and it might move around. And it's just kind of jiggling around this old mob of girls, and it's just yes. kick, 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 kick. The pack Every, follows the ball. Everybody's Everyone legs are just just going, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> trying to make contact with the ball. But and that's the game. Um, so how would you coach that? You don't. You don't. You yeah. just let it. I can. So I can do that. I can. I can. I can <laughs> yeah. go stand on the sideline with the parents, <laughs> <laughs> with a coach on my back <laughs> of my shirt. Um, no, I, I think uh, I think I could do I could do that. 
Okay. I could coach uh, Little League soccer or a li- I don't know what they call it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Youth soccer. Youth soccer. Yes, youth official. soccer, right? Yeah. yeah. Would you do a lot of conditioning? A lot of no. running drills? No. I mean, you know, we would be, we would do something, but I mean, I wouldn't put too much yeah. behind it. Team's got to be in shape, though, man. They're in shape. I mean, <laughs> we were all in shape at five years old. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, this next question coming from the YouTube chat from <coughs> Timothy, and I know you've been busy working around the house. Uh, any house projects that have been going on? At least there was some an unexpected one last week. Yeah, we had there. some water. We had a water leak. I came home, and there's water dripping out of the ceiling in an outdoor kitchen. So luckily, the water was outside, <laughs> right? Not dripping down in the inside the house, but it's like outside uh down by my outdoor kitchen it's pouring out of the ceiling and so a line uh busted that was going to the kitchen sink and so my house was built in 2008 and we all the elbows and t's in the water are made of copper by this and it's in and the material deteriorated quickly over six or eight years and so they're all breaking right <laughs> um we went through the whole house we went through the whole house tried to replace everyone we could and found 95 percent of them but there's a couple still left these were in a long these were just coupling that that put a line together it wasn't a t or an elbow and they were hidden in foam insulation because it was outdoor outdoor line need to be insulated and so we would have never seen them to be able to know they were there to replace them, right? But there's water coming out of this foam insulation. And I'm like, well, the, light, the, bus, the, the pipe's busted somewhere in that. So I had to get up, climb up in there with a straight razor and cut the foam off of that line for about 10 feet, the hot and the cold, and replace both of them. The plumber came to replace them. But I found the, the spot where it was leaking so that we could get that done quickly. You're sprung into action. I'm hands-on, man. <laughs> no fear. What are no you gonna, fear. You got to just jump right in. If you make it worse, somebody can fix it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't be don't be scared to screw it up. Has there been a moment where you've made it worse? Oh, yeah. I can fix. I'll tell Amy, like, look, I can fix. Out of all the things that break, let me try to fix it. 80% of the time, I will. 20% of the time, I'll make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get the right person in to fix it. It's a good ratio. But I think that's a good ratio. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the last thing you're like, oh, this is, we need to call the guy now. Uh, I mean, I've, it's happened. I don't remember the bad points. I don't remember the bad, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. the things that don't you work don't, out. You don't exactly. dwell on the nope. negatives. Mm-mm. This next question uh, is coming from Mark, and that's actually funny. We had this conversation in the preseason. They're asking about the Oreo car that has kind of like the Exalta paint scheme colors yes. like the red and yellow oreo car yes. and was wondering if there's any interesting story and i know i think there is did we not there? tell that we didn't tell it oh. on the show <laughs> yeah so um yeah these are silly uh when i was a little kid i had a bunch of matchbox cars and one of my favorites had that yellow to red fade and i'd never um you know, if you're someone who loves the design of a of a race car, you'll remember some of you know, your favorite ones over time and over 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 history. And that little diecast car, I was like, man, that's cool. When they started giving me more freedom on designing my own cars and stuff, <laughs> I thought, there it is, right there. Yeah, 
I thought, I'm going to run that design on a car. I'm going to get it in there somewhere, right? And they came to me, and I said, uh, so the Ritz box is sort of similar to that. Those are the Ritz box colors, right? And so, um, yeah, I threw those. I threw this idea at them. We mocked it up, and I never expected them to approve it, the <laughs> Oreo and Ritz people. But they did. They're like, oh, great. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> I can't uh, believe I pulled that off. Yeah. And so we took it to the racetrack. And yeah, I think we won. That was one of our three in a row, 2000, maybe two, 2003. And so um, I ended up running that again in the Multiple Exalta times. car. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like 2017, maybe? I think, yeah, around 2016. That time. 17. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I, I was able to get it back out there. <laughs> Who did, and, and like when we were talking about this, before the season, just looking at this car, like nothing about that screams I Oreo. Know no. I know it. <laughs> nope. I couldn't believe I ran that. Freaking I couldn't believe they were like, yes, Oreo. we like it. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Really? <laughs> Who doesn't love a good fade? Yeah. yeah right? I love those colors, and I loved it on the 2017 car you ran. It's very cool. It makes me right. This is a fun one. I think I know your answer. Uh, we got time for one more. Bart in the YouTube chat wants to know if you if you would ever run a half marathon. No. 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 No, not a chance. <coughs> not even if it. it was with Andrew? I can't run two miles. <laughs> I got to stop and walk a little bit. Well, you can do it in two-mile increments then. You can do it. <laughs> Put your mind to it. Is it really a half marathon if you're running it in two-mile chunks? It's about the completion, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people then, people well, then, walk half marathons. Well, then, you can do it. All right. Well, then I have hey. I have ran a half marathon. <laughs> hey, that, that it took me it took me about four years. <laughs> that, uh, but that. I did run one actually. I ran a full marathon <laughs> in 2017. I ran multiple. Just with a lot of breaks <laughs> in between. In 2017, I'm pretty sure I ran several marathons. <laughs> now that we're oh, well, man. congratulations. Hey, yeah. that truck race at Daytona was like a marathon, and they only ran it two miles at a time. <laughs> I uh, you know hey. <laughs> I'm not in peak physical condition these days. I rode uh, I rode my bike a bunch, especially that last year of racing in the Cup Series. I rode my bike 2,400 miles in 2017, Dang, that's and then ne- a lot. And yeah, and the next year less and less and less until now. Like uh, I might get on it twice this year. I want to ride it more, but um, I'm lazy, you know. Well, we'll get you back. Yeah, but uh, I never loved running. Hated running. Mm. Yeah, and I have like I get sore all over running, but riding the bike I don't have that problem and feel like I'm. But I do need to get back out on the bike. We'll get you back. Get on that Zwift. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm set up. I got my work. I got my Zwift. On, nobody cares about this. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we if say if somebody said, hey man, we're gonna jump up and run a mile, I could do it. Okay, fast as hell. What are you doing right but now? But I'd be, I'd, I'd almost, <laughs> I'd nearly die at the end of it. Yeah, but you'd get it done. But I, my determination, dogged determination and willpower would prevail. Nice. And I would, I would blister the mile, but I would want to almost nearly die. Yes. All right. Well, you know what, folks? Tune in next week. Dale's going to run that mile live here on <laughs> Ash Jr. Oh. And we're going to ask you questions yeah, yeah, during okay. it. Brought to you by Not Xfinity. Happy. He's going to do it as fast as Xfinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to run as, as fast as Xfinity 5G. Yeah. There you go. All, All right. right. Well, that's a good place for Ash Jr. this week. Appreciate y'all. Thanks to Xfinity for tuning uh for turning us turning us on to some great service. Um I'm a customer and have been a customer now for about four and a half years. It's been great. 
but we're promoting the Xfinity Mobile, so check that out. 5G service, millions of Wi-Fi hotspots everywhere. Thank you, Xfinity. Proud premier partner of NASCAR. White flag. All right, everybody, it's time for the white flag. Jeff Gluck, Jordan Bianchi, recap the action from Atlanta on Sunday night. Jeff Gluck's good race pole was doing incredible numbers the last time I looked at it. I think it's a new record. Fourth. Oh, my God. Fourth? Yeah. It's behind three Bristol races. Wow. But it's the first non-Bristol. Man, imagine if they put asphalt on Bristol. (laughs) (laughs) Denny Hamlin returned from Atlanta and reveals he did something for the first time ever in a race car. You'll have to tune in to see what I'm talking about, but the story... I don't know if incredible is the word. <laughs> I should uh, have written that. Yeah. Door Bumper Clear had their hands full on the roof this weekend and returned to tell us all about it from their perspective. Another episode of Speed Street drops tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing what Connor and Chase have in store for us. And Dirty Mo Doe with Steve LaTarte returns this Thursday, previewing everything ahead of Las Vegas. So it's going to be a full week here on Dirty Mo Media as usual. And tomorrow again, Wydell Wilson is on the show. Y'all have a good one. We'll see you. Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.